Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. With me for the second time, and a, my best friend from Finland, I think, Ronnie Snellman. This is Highway Diary, episode 368. How are you, Ronnie? I'm doing fine. It's a weekend, so what? I can't blame. You just got I'm home like, from work Friday. You got a yeah. whole weekend. I mean, a few, a few hours ago. I'm ahead of you a bit, so it's uh, 9 p.m. In the evening, chilling. I tried to get my kids in the bed, but the one, the middle child just came up again and he's running around. So let's see. This is Einon Svansik Oro for Dish. It's uh, 21 for you and it's uh, 1 p.m. for me. Um, all right. I have to say some things to people in Texas that have been driving me fucking crazy. Um, I've noticed that, you know, I'm from New Jersey, right? And Southern people, they don't like to be corrected. They don't like you to say, hey, this is wrong. Because it's like, I think for hundreds of years, they've had guns and they've stood their ground. It's like, get off my lawn. You know what I mean? And so it's like very individualist society, which parts of it are great. One part that's horrible is nobody uses their blinkers in Texas. Just use your blinkers. And I really think the mentality, every time I see a Texas person, which is every day, multiple times a day, not using their blinkers, I think the same thing. I don't gotta tell you where I'm going. That's the mentality of the South and it's <laughs> garbage. Yeah, that would suck. I, uh, I always in Finland. How, we always use the blinkers. If you don't, I, I would be surprised. I'm surprised if I actually caught someone not using blinkers. Even Never in happens. a parking lot, in a parking lot at five miles an hour, are you going to try to exit so I can go this way? They just won't do it. They'll just slowly turn. It's just garbage entitlement. And I was telling you, I work in a boxing gym too. And whenever I'm working with someone, I hold pads. I'm like the third string mitt guy at Ricky Lloyd's Boxing Gym in um, Austin, Texas. And I'm training some guy for Golden Gloves in fucking five weeks. It's very serious. I don't want him to get knocked out. My buddy Tanner could win Golden Gloves. So it's like, let's go, you know. But what I, I love working with him because I work with other people who are going to be in the same bracket. And they're like really good at orthodox, which is like, you know, uh, left foot front. Uh, right hand back, right hand cross. And then I go switch feet and they go, no. I go, get the fuck out the ring. Like, I'm not asking you to switch feet. I'm telling you, if you, I go, I tell these people when they don't want to switch feet and go southpaw, I go, why don't you go suck your own fucking dick in the shower and then hit the fucking heavy bag. You're wasting my fucking time. I, but it's, it's this entitlement of like, no, I won't only want to look good. It's like, no, no, let's let's work on what you're bad at so you don't get knocked the fuck out, stupid. Like, the, but my friend Tanner is like, he's like not good at Southpaw, but we work it every fucking time and he could win because he's he's not afraid to work on your flaws, you know? So, um, so uh, are you working on your flaws, Ronnie? I see on Twitter, you're struggling a little bit. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, New yeah, Year's resolution. I'm having a hard time, yeah. I've been doing uh, since that. That was the third third year when I was uh, I bought uh, some uh, beer and some smokes and I yeah I failed that day. I've been sober since then and also without nicotine. So yeah, I'm struggling. It's hard. I'm blackpilled as fuck now because everything sucks and uh, I'm looking at the world like 
through a, like a depression mind or something. I don't know what's going on. Everything is like fuck you and fuck everybody. So, but I'm still managing. Are your hands getting shaky? Like so, so you, from the third. So that's good. So a week and a half or so you've been yeah, without cigarettes. Days. No cigarettes, no beer. Yeah, ten days. I mean, it's fucking hard. It's I can't believe how hard it is. It's like, but I I guess I can believe if you do drugs for. I've been drinking like every weekend since 2011 and I've been smoking since 2009 and you cold turkey it. I mean, I guess you have to feel it somehow and it fucking sucks. So, is the smoking is the smoking the harder one cuz you do that every day? Yeah, that's yeah, that's fucking I I could go out and smoke right now and it would be such a relief. And on the third when I did buy and I first smoke it was like it was like you would go into like some Buddha setting and you'll just everything drains and the feeling was like ah oh, so good and now I'm always tense and yeah it's no fun but, but I'm does, managing does exercise like for me like if I, I if I don't go to the boxing gym I can't do my other jobs because I have to start my day like that so I blow out energy you know so because I also, yeah. I also Uber I th- drive. I'm working on a book. I do screenwriting consulting for people. I'm, I'm, I'm applying to be a creative writing professor at Austin Community College. Uh, I do comedy. I do my podcast. So like, if I don't, like the blinker situation when I'm Uber driving is so dangerous that I get fucking pissed, you know, because it's just like this grand entitlement people have. So, um, you know, uh. But if I like, I think, do you like walk or like, do you have like an outlet like that? Yeah, plays play ice hockey and also oh, do good. kickboxing. So, but I, I don't know. It helps at the moment. But when I'm done, I'm like, now, I, I, especially the smokes, because I always get smokes as a reward for doing stuff. And I'm like, I just did this fucking hard thing. And I'm like, okay, what now? Well, just continue with your life, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And that sucks. That's the, the worst thing about it. Do you go to a gym for kickboxing? Yeah, it's a dojo where they I'm going in first and doing one hour kickboxing. After that, they have jujutsu, uh, and uh, I think they also do MMA. After that, so yeah, I'm yeah. kickboxing on a low level, like really in the beginning. I've been there for a few months, so no Good. big deal. Good. That'll help. Um, so I want to say this. I was uh, speaking of Uber driving. I was Uber driving last week and I have sometimes I have like literally the dumbest people in my car sometimes. And um, I remember last summer I was taking these girls to um, Austin City Limits, which is like a, a concert, you know, whatever. And I had these girls in my car. They were like, oh, my God. The professor, like all the good professors I got, and now the chemistry professor, she's just gaslighting us. I got like a four out of a thousand on my test the other day. And they were all covered in glitter, and I was driving, and they were dressed like thirst traps, and I was driving them to a concert. And I'm supposed to believe that the professors are gaslighting them. And then they said, oh my God, Kimberly, she's such a bitch. We were, they were supposed to grade the chemistry final on a curve. Of course, that bitch aced that. And it's like, yeah, there's one person in that class with any a lick of fucking sense 
and you fucking dumb whores are going to a fucking concert right now instead of I don't know studying and and I'm thinking like like I know like you know in, in other socialist countries like you know my uh, country yeah college is subsidized from the government which I I prefer yeah. that style in America I really think that the standard should be really hard but if you get your degree your loans are wiped that's how I think it should be if you go to be a dumb thirst trap and you want the chemistry department of UT Austin to beat the dumb whore out of you, you're in the wrong fucking place. Like go to Austin Community College, be a part-time student and go troll the country clubs covered in glitter like a fucking idiot. But you know what I'm saying? The chemistry department of UT is not the right place. So then last, yeah, I feel you. So last week, somebody outdid this person. They said, oh my God, I just got a Prada purse. It was $2,700. You'll never get it. And then like later on, they're so stupid. They were like, later on, you'll never get how much it is to be a student, part-time student. And I just go, how much two Prada purses? And then she goes, hang on a second. Yeah, that's exactly how much it is per semester. <laughs> I like sometimes I want to drive my fucking car off a bridge. It's like, how dumb are you? You know? But um yeah, yeah but the student that yeah, so in the later stages here in Finland, you have to pay some at least some part of your school and people take some student loans and stuff like that. But if you manage like you said, in I think they have four years to do the the Bachelors. Whatever they are studying, yeah, whatever they are studying, and if they do it within four years, at least thirty percent or half or something is forgiven the day you graduate of that loan you have taken from the government. So people usually take the full loan and do it in four years, and the government forgive for fifty percent, and they like look at it and in like an investment, like free money they put right. in stocks or something, and that way. They basically get money, so yeah. If but, you know, if you do I, it right, but like I went four four years for undergrad and three years for grad school. I had just about perfect attendance in in undergrad. I got a three six six out of four point uh, GPA. In grad school, I got a four point and I have all these student debts. But what's weird is since Biden's gone in, um, and he pooped himself at the G seven and whatever. Every time my loans are due, they push it, they kick the can down the road. So I think that they're kind of setting us up for a central bank digital token or like something is weird where there's like, like, let's say, for example, it's January now. Now I'm supposed to pay them back February 10, but then like February 5 comes and they're like actually July 17. So every this has been happening perpetually. Since Does my that loans have been accumulate, or is that like is the bill like ten thousand hours still like one hundred, or how does it work? It's like, like does I, it get more and more and more, and you have to pay it at some point? Like I, it's it's like about sixty only for grad school. My undergrad was taken care of, but it was just for grad school. I owe about sixty, but every time, like I can't even pay if I wanted to because they they've been suspending the amount, and then they said, okay, we'll wipe twenty grand. And then, so I applied for that. Now they're just fighting in Congress perpetually about, or it goes to the Supreme Court. Oh, you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. So it's just like, they're in a stalemate situation. Meanwhile, 
um, more and more kids every year are onboarded as a freshman. So, you know what I mean? This, they, there needs to be like a new Bretton Woods. Like this is, this is going to some kind of either collapse or restructuring of our debt. I mean, right now America owes 7 billion times our GDP to China. So like, what is this? And I, I've noticed that we've been burning off a lot of our China debt because a lot of Chinese kids come here and get free college. So that's how we're like burning off some of our debt to them. So, but I don't know what's going on in the background. It seems like something's about to, we're being set up for something. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about the student issue and the, yeah, as people are also saying it, the way you're saying it, they're probably going to kick the can until they have to do something about it. Like, like you said, give you some token cryptocurrency, something because at some point people have to start paying, I guess. I guess not. I don't know. Money is fake anyway, so I know I they can do whatever they want. I guess they're gonna figure it out at Davos. Uh, I'm gonna get a, a a burger made out of beetles um, after the 18th or whatever at Davos, or the 16th to the 20th, all next week. So, yeah. I anyway, have, yeah, go on. I have on my screen uh, like at least 10 different like events they're going to have. And I'm like, I need to watch this and this and this and this and see what they have to say. And they're, I mean, they are the most important people in the world, I guess. So let's see what they have to say. And hopefully they have them on YouTube so I can follow along. They also seem to be very like religious people. They they have this religion of scientism, kill everybody so that like five pedos harvesting grain with drones can survive. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's an issue too. <laughs> yeah, so um, look forward to. So I heard that Klaus Schwab Jr. he got a new spacesuit, and it's gonna he's gonna have it on Monday, the sixteenth. So I would go to Klaus Schwab Jr.'s Instagram on around the sixteenth, and he's gonna oh, be reporting he, he, he's from Dallas. Getting ready. Okay. Yes, yeah. he uh, he went up. He was promoted, so he got he had a consolidation of his badges. Um, plus I heard he's lost his last space suit in Baton Rouge. That's why I heard. So I don't know if that's an unconfirmed report. <laughs> so he, he got a new space suit so, and he consolidated his badges and, and, you know, he's going to reveal it during Davos, but, um, I heard it's at the Taylor. Um, so anyway, I lived kind of social. So it, in, uh, is your kid going to come through the door? What's going on? Uh, it's uh it's my girlfriend she's baking a cake and she has a lot of noise i don't know if some like what the fuck is going on blowing up some balloons or something oh is it someone's birthday yeah it's my son's birthday oh uh, it's next week but we are having it this weekend so um so i lived all over the states i'm from new jersey uh, i lived in new york city i lived in new orleans i live in uh texas now um and uh, much different lifestyles going on. In New York City, like you pay, I don't know, two, three, four thousand dollars for a shoebox apartment. And the hardest part, there's, I love not having a car. I love walking on the subway. You don't have, like have to worry about, you know, parking. Like if you're like, get to a, see a movie, now I got to circle a, the movie theater to park for 25 minutes. now. But instead, you get off the subway, you walk right there. You don't need anything. You don't have anything. The big difference is groceries. Groceries are a fucking nightmare. And during when I went to new school, 
I had this girlfriend who was like 90 pounds and she would write me like a little honeydew list. And so I have this shopping cart that I would have to take on the subway. And there was a grocery store down the block from us. It was a little ghetto grocery store. She didn't like anything from there. She was from Los Angeles. So she needed me to go to Trader Joe's. So I would have to transfer two different trains. And then on this honeydew list, it would be like three gallons of water. It's like right off the bat. It's like, fuck my life, right? So I have to put three gallons of water on this thing. And then she only wanted ham from Trader Joe's, olive oil from Trader Joe's, like all, all the shit, right? What, I got so mad one time, so I blindfolded her. And I go, you cannot tell the difference between garbage uh, grocery store olive oil and normal olive oil. So we had like three or five different olive oils, a ghetto from a ghetto grocery store, from a bodega, from this, from that. And I mixed and matched it. And I put little index cards, A, B, C, D, E, right? And, and we had the same baguette. So that was the control, right? Just one baguette. I would cut slices. And, I, and that, that bitch was 100% accurate. And I was so mad. Because that meant from now on, I could never argue taking five trains. I'm fucked for this whole relationship. Anyway. <laughs> nice girl. Sweet girl. But uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> But uh, I can't really re- relate. I never lived in a big city, but I ma- imagine walking around the whole city with your grocery bag for the suck balls. It's like three hours. And then you transfer trains. You have to take that through a turnstile. Like it's not the same. It's not aeronomic for a turnstile. Like, so you would slice, you would swipe your card. You have to get this fucking basket up and over. It weighs 120 fucking pounds. You know, I, you know what I mean? Get, go downstairs, click, clink, click, clink, click, clink, get on a train. Then I would have to, you know, take the, the red line, transfer at the green line, take the green line. You know what I mean? Then I would have to transfer to the path train when we lived in Jersey city. Then we lived in a walk-up and it's like, then I get to my apartment building, click, clunk, up the stairs, click, clunk, click, clunk. There's (laughs) something. And for, you know, $4,000 $4,000 a month where your life is a nightmare once a week when you need groceries or, you know, whatever. Um, but like, yeah. one thing I have about cities when I visit some people, friends that live in cities that they also, they all walk very fast and they are like, so we're going to a bar and it's like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, 15 minutes. I can do 15 minutes. And they're basically running around the city. It's like 10 k- kilometers. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, it's not too far. It's like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah. why do you talk in minutes? How far is the distance from A to B? I want to know. I don't give a fuck how long it takes. And that's an issue I have always when I get into a city. They talk in minutes. And it's yeah, weird. I, I agree. Like the second I moved to Los Angeles, I gained crazy weight because I was like walking without even thinking about it three, four miles every day. Not even like just normal living. You're walking miles to get to school, you know, and to get to here and here or, you know, lifting your groceries. But it was like it's not now my life is compartmentalized for an hour or two hours every morning from 10 to noon about I'm at the boxing gym working. First of all, I'm the janitor there and I'm the third string, whatever. But it's like I have to uh, manufacture difficulty in my life. In New York, your life is just difficult. You, You walk just to survive. So um there's advantages and disadvantages but it also new yorkers are very like socialist mindset like because you 
pack into the subway and you have to like be careful about other people's space other people's privacy other people's whatever like keep your noise level down you know keep your whatever but now it seems like the homeless population is just doing this like it's just like on a complete upward trajectory in los angeles and philadelphia and new york these are becoming hell holes of black tar heroin and bullshit so now like Going through the subway is like the gauntlet. Uh, you know what I mean? Now it's like, and my sister uh, lives, uh, she works in New York City. Um, I won't say what she does, but once a week she goes into Manhattan. And like, there was like this homeless person trying to like steal from her while she had a baby in a carriage on a subway. And it was just like, she said it was the most stressful thing that she's ever gone through. Like this like homeless zombie was like clawing towards her, trying to steal from her while her kid was obsessed with getting a prize at a, you know? So it's like her kid's trying to walk off to get this fancy shiny object. She's like, she was like three at the time, my niece. While this homeless, so she doesn't know the danger that she's in, you know what I mean? So it's like to keep a bubble around your kid in, the, in this environment is getting harder and harder, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I obviously don't live in America, but I, I do watch, uh, I follow a YouTuber that, He basically filmed San Francisco and that's a shithole. What the fuck? It's tent city as long as he, he he goes like for 20 minutes sitting in the car, just filming outside the window for 20 minutes, tent city. I'm like, okay, I guess. I don't know what to say about it. It's like if that would be Finland, I would be scared as fuck. That's crazy. It's It's drugs. So I moved to... Austin, Texas, from Jersey. My my roommate, who I made my comedy specials with, moved from Los Angeles. And if you go to ericollerbach.com, there's like a bin a bin a coin sketch. That was my roommate, uh, a guy called CJ Kelly. And um, he just started doing heroin when he moved in. But And it was horrible. But to be honest, the first six months that we moved in together, he was uh, very sleepy all the time. And his mom paid his rent all the time. Look, I'm okay, a live so he so he could live a, a normal life in the beginning. I'm a live and let live guy. If you're sleepy all the time, not fucking bothering me, and your mom pays your rent, what what the fuck do I care what you're doing in that room? Then around July, so we moved in together in February, like about two years ago proper. Um, around July, the TV he bought, he bought a TV as soon as we moved in uh, from Walmart for $500. He pawned it. And then he told me he's smart. He pawned it for a hundred bucks. They were going to give him 200 bucks, but he only took the one. So it's easier to pay off. What did he spend that money on? Heroin. Um, not a good investment. So then around September, I go, the TV's gone. He goes, no, it isn't. I've been making payments on it. I go, when did you make payments on it? He goes, I made a, a $20 payment in August. I go, okay. Or September, October, November. Like the TV's gone. Like he was like, He even paid 20 off the hundred and then they sold it for 350. <laughs> so it's like, he was just like the trench in his brain. I would go from pain, anxiety, hardship. You'd have a little cigarette beer problem, pain, anxiety, hardship, pleasure. Right. But that it was like a trench. It wasn't like, uh, okay, well, before I give myself a treat, I have to go to work, then I have to go to kickboxing. It was like any level of anxiety. So then I would hear him on the phone going, mom, you're such a dumb bitch. Put money, just pay off my account, just pay off my rent, you dumb bitch, right? 
That, they would always be on the tip of his tongue. I don't know. Eric's fucking bullying me. He's bullying me all the time. How would I bully him? I would come home from my five jobs and go, why isn't the utility paid? And he's like, oh, well, my manager was gunning for me. So I, so I fucking quit that. I quit at the Chili's. I go, the manager's got like, you're the laziest person I've ever known, first of all. Second of all, work until the utilities paid off. You fuck. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I scream at grown men in the boxing gym because they won't go southpaw. You think I give a fuck about your manager gunning for you when you haven't paid the fucking utilities? You know what I mean? Oh, Eric's such a bully. Go to fucking work. Pay, pay, pay your half of the bills. I don't want to hear it. So uh, I'm such a bully. So like it was at the so every time I would bully him because he wasn't paying the rent, things were disappearing in the apartment. For so you know what I mean. So I understand this addiction. So when I see Tent City in Philadelphia, when I see Tent City, like I was like a stone's throw away. So then it culminated in uh, what month was that? Oh, it was Super Bowl. So like a the lease was about to expire March first. Uh, the Super Bowl was February 2022, the 12th, and um, he was trying to get meth. So when he got, when he went from heroin to meth, he started waking me up. Who's in there with you at four in the morning? Who's in there with you hallucinating? Well, I'm alone sleeping. Who's in there with you it's hallucinating, right? Um, so he was going to go score meth. So I, I uh, locked him outside the apartment and I warned the guy who was going to drive him to get a meth deal. The guy who's going to drive to get him a meth deal is a fucking special needs teacher. I go, what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I finger paint with retards. And I read him and I go, oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck, man. My roommate's about to take a fucking joyride with this asshole. And he's about to get carjacked in, in an alleyway, with, you know, scoring meth. So I lock my roommate out the apartment. He's standing outside the apartment with a cigarette. I just locked, closed the door on him. That's all I did. He called the cops. I got arrested for aggravated assault. Because he had to be a victim because he wasn't doing anything. And from February to September, I was fighting charges, aggravated assault. And it was a fucking nightmare. But my point of this uh, is huh? use your blinkers and don't do crack because you'll be retarded. Don't do heroin, you know. <laughs> Look, I'll be yeah, honest. I'm, uh, I, I I'm planning on doing it when I'm like 80. Yeah, you know, me too. I want to try it. Look, if I'm like Joe Biden and I'm bumbling through speeches and I'm leaving poops at Davos, you know what I mean? And uh, I need hospice care. Let's go. Heroin. Let's go. For now, I'm good on that shit. Um, I smoke a little weed. I drink a little beer. That's I keep it right there. Um, well, that's the way to do it. Keep it. Yeah. 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 About uh, should we go into the Davos thing because I want to show you my list here. Sure. What I, what I wanna. Talk, let's talk about Davos. And there, there are five thousand soldiers. So can you give me the permission to oh, share screen? Yes. So I'm, then I'm going to um, share share my lists. What I'm planning to watch if they are all on YouTube. Um, hold on. I wish we did this before. Make make host. Okay, that should work. Share screen. Yeah, like that, and share sound. Oh yeah, great. So you see this? I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just do my research. You should too. Okay, so so on the right side, 
Yeah, here's my little list what I'm planning on watching. So the first day on the 17th, I didn't put all the names in here because there, well, there's a lot of people. But I looked into the geopolitics and also the European Commission. You need to see what she has to say. Yeah, so if you, the... if, Ronnie, I'm sorry, real quick. Just if you if you want to know who's speaking at Davos, just go through the Epstein flight log. It's a one-to-one <laughs> ratio. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, basically. But yeah, and uh, so we have, this is something I, I look forward to, the chief economist briefing. And it was basically, I think it was five economic newspapers and companies that was going to talk. And I'm, I, I guess they're just going to say some bullshit about the Green New Deal and we need more green to survive. But hopefully they string me to some new company that I can put some money in and gain at least some euros. And this is nothing... Something. This is nothing new. I went to the new school in New York City for undergrad and all this is there was like a whole sustainability um, undergrad, like environmental sustainability. And it's all the same shit. And I, I went to undergrad from 2005 to 2008. It's all the same stuff. Like it's nothing new. They're just trying to rebrand genocide and depopulation as sustainability. And I understand that there's some like, look, I like the environment. I, and, you know, in the back of the boxing gym, it's fucking trash and, you know, whatever. From We're like behind a McDonald's or whatever. And there's all these cups. But like my, my whole point on the thing is big blue chip, like uh, companies don't give you a choice. Everything is packaged in plastic. Nothing is packaged in sustainable things. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we give everyone plastic straws at McDonald's. So we have to genocide everybody to save the environment. It's like, how about less invasive environmentally invasive products that are that you don't have a, another choice for you know yep i need to hold the video for a second but yeah and also if you look at this a conversation with henry kissinger a historical perspective on war so yeah that's basically what you just said <laughs> they're going to talk about how, how to kill everybody with war and the Kissinger way. And I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, that'll be good. I bet he's got some new ideas, that 90-year-old. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's going with the old school. He, he's been talking for like 50 years about how to do... What is, what is he calling it? Like small wars, like they're doing in Ukraine now? Yeah, perpetual small wars is really good for arms sales and for, to give a supply of adrenochrome to the elite. I think that's a speech. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And also on uh, January 8th, 18th, the first topic I put there is central bank digital currency. And I oh, looked great. in, so that uh, was like a few, few big banks that are going to sit down and talk about how to put that in motion i guess i like this one january 19 2023 at 10 15 in the morning in the name of national security so in the name of national security we gaslight things so hey did you kill jfk uh that's national security did you really go to the moon national security hey um 
did uh, Hunter Biden make a sex tape with money from Burisma? National security. It was just gaslighting. I mean, all these yeah, people should be killed. That's with the director from the FBI and uh, the foreign minister from Ukraine and three other guys. I didn't remember what their position was. But. So part of my strategy of being a good boxer is uh, withholding my seed. So I've been like not masturbating, right? But I, I get I get wet dreams all the time, Ronnie. Is this too much information? But so no, no. Go I have ahead. a I have a perpetual wet dream that I'm I'm flying a small Cessna over Bohemian Grove during cremation of care, and I drop uh, napalm on it, and then I wake up covered in cum. Okay, go on. What's what's next? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's an awesome dream. <laughs> yeah, I wake up all sticky. The 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 one thing I the last thing I did put here is a new Helsinki, and Helsinki is is my capital, and I don't know what that means. I read about it, the topic, as well. Like like doesn't didn't really say, so I was like, I, I need to listen to that shit. But they also will have a press conference, lunch of the coalition of the trade minister on climate. And that is, they're basically talking about making some new market for trade. And it was a few countries that has, and the EU that is going to spell out how they're going to make the new climate market, I guess. So do you have any um, leads on what a new Helsinki is going to be January 20th? Like, what do you think, what is about Helsinki that's unique as, as opposed to your other cities? I don't know, because I, I read, the, like, they have a small text, what the topic is going to be. And it said something about, like, the global, the like, the like the war climate we're in now and the changing climate in the geopolitical strat- strategies and things. So I think they might be talking about the Helsinki, like after World War II, we had the Helsinki, what was it, the deal or something? An accord, yeah. the Helsinki Accord, was it like yeah. a Bilderberg type of deal? Yeah, it was like, a, let's not do the Nazi thing again. That's basically what they said. And don't do experiments on people. It's oh. It's Nuremberg before Nuremberg. So the new Helsinki is we will do experiments on people. We just won't tell them and we'll coerce them to take a, a experimental medical intervention in the name of national security. It might, might as well be. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I wake up and come napalling Bohemian Grove every night. So. Napalm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great you could try this i mean if you're if you're not a pussy and you're you're the uh, military general of a country you could try this at davos i don't know try it try it out maybe the world wouldn't suck so fucking hard after that um let me let me tell you so last time we talked i i gave you my big reveal that th- there's something wrong with german people's brains and they they try to engineer engineering solutions to social issues. I've noticed this about German people. So remember last time I said, I told you this true story that in 2018, I went to Oktoberfest and I, um, there was not one cookie that says Ich liebe dich. I was trying to get a cookie for my niece that says, I love you. Hey, your uncle loves you. Don't hear, here's a cookie. And literally there was not one cookie that said this. And, um, 
so I went back 2022 and then I got yelled at. Some lady was like, if my father ever said he loved me, you'll see this cookie, you will not find this cookie in Bavaria. That is a true story. I went back in 2022, just like weeks after I talked to you last, and almost 70% of the cookies were I love you. I couldn't believe it. It was like a big change because I think part of it was uh, Oktoberfest was down for two years. So when Oktoberfest reopened in 2022, September, um, they were like, look, we love, we do love you. Let's get the tourists back in here, right? There, there was also something where Mark Twain said, and I think the elite are worried that if the bees die, humanity's over. The problem, so they, they take that single issue and they go, let's make a lot of bee farms. So Germany made a lot of bee farms, I think, to pollinate the, the barley plants and to make sure that there's beer, right? The cookies were all covered in bees. So you, you can't just solve the one problem. Let's have more bees. And let's solve the one problem. We don't have I love you cookies. So let's cover the I love you cookies and bees. Everything was full of bees, right? So you know what I mean? There needs to be, they, they think like, what, let's solve one problem at a time. And then every single will be perfect for you, you know? And, and so. That, that's so funny because I heard Bill Gates is vaccinating bees now. How are you get the needle in a bee? How are you gonna get the needle in a bee? <laughs> fucking stupid! Jesus Christ! I don't know. I so think they, that's the thing. So they have like this fake love cookie, and then they cover it in bees because that's the one species that they're watching out. Meanwhile, there's no deer or squirrels or everything else is poisoned with glyphosate, but there's it's full of bees. Um. All right. The other thing I want to say is um. So I, you know, I got this beard. I don't know if you noticed, I have a beard. And I went into my, uh, I'm renegotiating my rent at my apartment. And I walk in and someone was commenting on my beard. And I was like, yeah, I just trimmed it. You know, when my beard starts to go like this, I look homeless. So I trim it so it's down, so I don't look homeless. Someone in the apartment building, my apartment building is only 50% occupied. 50% of the apartments or more are empty but they keep raising the rent anyway. One of the apartment workers said, what do I look like? She's an older lady and I am smart. So I said, you look like a beautiful goddess, you know, cause I'm trying to negotiate my rent down. Um, <laughs> and then she goes, you know, she said, she goes, well, I'm homeless. Okay. This is how, this is what's wrong with everything in the society. You have an apartment company that has half vacancies. Meanwhile, they are raising the rates to keep up with the market, the fake market, right? Why don't I have an idea? How about you give your worker who's homeless a free apartment to work there? No, no, we give her minimum wage. We raise the rent. This is why bankers should be put in a fucking wood chipper and they shouldn't give us a CBDC to gain a function interest for the worst people. That's what they're doing. So just <laughs> yeah, but they're they are telling you that too because they're coming out and saying we need more more inflation so we get more unemployment because I not really get the argument yet why but somehow that's good for the economy and they I want don't... desperate people to work shit jobs. Yeah, I guess I guess if you if you don't have a jobs and you have to take whatever you get you can't say anything and you have to do whatever you get 
I exactly. Guess that's the point. Exactly. So um, let's look at Alan Dershowitz. Like, look at him. Look at his face. Okay, he's disgusting. He's disgusting person. Okay, look at Alan Dershowitz's face. Can you get him on your screen, maybe, while I talk about this? So in um, 2004, he wrote an op-ed to the New York Times that the age of consent should be lowered to 14. Okay, he's probably saying this because, you know, 14-year-old girls are just hitting him up in his DMs going, you're so sexy, Alan Dershowitz. Like, we want to go to bed with you, Alan Dershowitz. Like, you know, so what the elite thinks is like, I'm disgusting, right? So what I have to do is gain and function attractiveness. How do I do that? Make women desperate. So that is when they say, oh, we need more homelessness to keep the minimum wage how it is. That's what they're saying. And I think they want to say, look, you're rock. Like the problem with heroin is it's so good that people stay homeless and they would rather be high on heroin in a tent. Like when my roommate, my last roommate's brain was defragmenting, he literally, like I bought a sleeping bag, he stole it and he's like, all right. Like he made, like he said out loud, well, if I have to be homeless because I can't pay rent, at least I'll take this. So he stole my fucking sleeping bag. Like he was like, decided and said, all right, well, my mom paid me my rent to me directly, big mistake. I spent it all on heroin. If I have to be homeless because I didn't pay the rent, I spent on heroin. I'll just use a sleeping bag, and I'll get my last fix. Like so, yeah, it sounds like a great drug. Please, <laughs> <laughs> like the promo is awesome. You will do anything in life to get it. So I mean, why not? I'm looking forward to hospice when I could just take a big old poo poo in my diaper, and some lady comes and cleans my ass and gives me more heroin. I'm gonna be so happy. Yeah, me too. I think that would be great. <laughs> All right. If you if you don't have like things to do in life, I guess. Um like most of us. So yeah, yeah. I put 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 on my screen share here. Fully vaccinated queens. First vaccine for honeybees approved in USA. I mean they're coming for the bees. <laughs> I really think they get high on their own supply of propaganda. So like they're higher level slaves that they propagandize to. Like you can only be in this death cult if you co-sign a vaccine for a fake common cult. In my opinion, the whole gain of function, sure they research it, sure they research to do a virus. I think it's all bullshit. I don't think it's real. I think the reason why people get sick is from 5G. I think the reason why people get sick is bullshit in the food. I think the reason why people get sick is chemtrails pouring like bromine and, and aluminum. If you aspirate aluminum, you're going to have all the fucking same symptoms of a flu. So then they go, well, everyone's sick from this because they can't afford organic, pure, great food. So we're going to say it's a gain of function virus. And for this big problem, we have the solution. That's a death trap. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that's what happened. Um, yeah, we are, we are most likely right. I, how much time do we have and do you have time for, to, do you have the patience to sit through a two minute and 20 second video? Absolutely. That's awesome because <laughs> when you're talking about changing the weather, I'm like, let's, let's watch this shit.
I mean, lasers, really, to change the weather? That's right. Well, as Mark Twain once famously said, everyone complains about the weather, but no one ever does anything about it. Well, instead of doing a rain dance, we physicists are firing trillion-watt lasers into the sky to actually precipitate rain clouds and actually bring down lightning bolts. This is potentially a game-changer. But this is experimental. It's experimental. However, in the laboratory so far, it works. When you have water vapor and you have dust particles or ice crystals, you can precipitate rain. It condenses around the seeds. These seeds can also be created by laser beams. By firing trillion watt lasers, you rip apart the electrons, creating what are called ions, and these ions act like seeds, like dust particles, bringing down rain and even lightning. Go ahead. Well, I, I, this is fascinates me in part because, too, I remember reading the stories that China had used this during the Olympics, that the USSR had used this after Chernobyl to create rain clouds. I mean, w did those really work then? We have some of these capabilities now? Inconclusive. Even in the 60s, the CIA used this to uh, bring down monsoons during the Vietnam War to wash out the Viet Cong. Governments have been playing with, with this to. thing. Alleged to. Alleged to, right. Yeah. Now, we realize that for decades oh, now, sure. these governments have been alleged to have experimented with weather control, but nothing conclusive. This time we're bringing in the laws of physics rather than simply uh, waving our hands and uttering mumbo jumbo. <laughs> We're actually using trillion watt lasers yeah. now. And in the laboratory, sure enough, they precipitate rain out of water vapor. Sure enough, you can actually bring down electricity yeah. down, the, down the beam. So what does it mean for drought areas that, that need to have rain for crops? And if they don't have them, uh, there's in the consequences of famine. Well, the bad news is if it's a clear blue sky, it's not going to do anything at all because it only takes water vapor that's already in the air and condenses it. However, for floods, for agriculture, for farmers, for people planning wedding parties, uh, football <laughs> games, you name it, outdoor events and agriculture and flooding and even hurricanes, all of them could be subject to weather modification. Incredibly interesting. Professor Michio Kaku, thank you so much. Hey, uh, Professor, Professor Michio Kaku, uh, can you make your wife wet? Uh, hey, Alan Dershowitz, can you make your wife wet? Well, what we do is we shoot a laser beam right at their pussy. I don't want to do a rain dance, a song and dance with all that mumbo jumbo. No, I shoot a laser at her pussy to make it wet for you. That's science. <laughs> science right, we, don't, just... we don't go with the natural processes. This is, this is the, the, you know, this is the plot of Pocahontas. This is the plot of Avatar, you know? Yeah. And, and this is, as he said, they can't do it if it's no clouds. So that's why they cloud seed. Then they shoot the laser stuff and make it rain. Yeah. Have you really studied the side effects of that? I don't do mumbo jumbo with rain dances. We're doing science here. <laughs> Everyone, all <laughs> women are repulsed by you. Well, we'll make them desperate and then we'll shoot a laser beam at their pussy. Fuck these people. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about Southerners and Northerners. I, I want to get through my list here because sometimes I like write all these notes and then I don't get through it. But um, I just want to. So coming from the North and being from the South, like there's big differences, right? And, and someone told me recently something very fascinating. Northerners, they're not nice. Like, I don't think someone would watch this thing and go, oh, Eric's nice. I'm not nice, but I am kind. Southerners, they're, they are nice, but they're not kind. What do I mean? I, I do use my blinkers. That's called kindness. 
when I when other people don't, I'm not nice. When other people don't, I go, fucking use your blinkers, you cunt. So I'm not nice, but it is kind to use your blinkers. Okay. Um, when when a southerner doesn't like somebody, you know what they say? Oh, bless his heart. That means fuck you, retard. That's when a southerner said, Oh, bless his heart. He's got a heart to go. That means he's retarded. Okay. If a northerner doesn't if a northerner doesn't like you, they go, I don't like you. Don't fucking talk to me. Don't fucking talk to my girlfriend, or I'll put your fucking head through a wall. That's what, but it is kind because there's boundaries, you know? So, so, um, and the reason for this is in the North, we don't have guns. We really don't have guns. In New Jersey, you throw a rock, you're going to hit five lawyers fucking suing each other's wives and, and whatever. In, in the South, you throw a rock, you're going to get shot in the head, right? So you're nice with your words, but you're selfish with your actions, I find. It's more of a passive-aggressive talk behind your back. Yeah. I would, like here, I would categorize that left and right. Le- left is the shallow ones. They're talking and they're doing evil shit. The right is saying evil shit, but doing kind shit. Hmm. That's basically how, how, how I see it. Um, so I used to live in New Orleans, and there were some Southerners that... Um, I just got in a Facebook war with this uh, comedy dinosaur. His name is Kirby. He's a nice guy. Look, he's nice. Like with his words, he's always been a gentleman to me. So I have mixed feelings saying this. His actions were unbearably selfish. So he would do at this open mic 40 minutes every time. 40, so let's say, so just set up the picture. You, let's say you get there at 7.30 and you sign a list, Right. And then there's 15 people on the list, right? And then they have their little crony group, which is fine. And one does, one opens the show, does 10. Another comes up, does 20. Another comes up, does 25. He does 40. The show's over. They they ring every drop of audience attention out of the show. Then they go to the list and they go three minutes, three minutes, three minutes. So what they're doing is having a fake open mic to harvest audience attention to watch these same people every time. So I said to him on Facebook, when you retired for five weeks in 2016, it was infinitely better. Why am I saying that? It's just numbers. Because the swelling, the, 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 the way in which you keep a good comedy scene is the young guns are nipping at the toes of the the old timers, right? That's how you keep a healthy comedy scene. So what they would do is they would uh, they would pretend like it's an open mic, like every week, week after week. And I've wasted three years of my life going there every Thursday. <laughs> and then he would do so that when he did when he wasn't there, oh my god, everyone gets six minutes, and you blo- six minutes like fifteen people are signed up, six, 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 six. Oh my God, it's so much better. Then I get to see all my friends. I get to watch them perform. It was fair when he would go to 45. The show's over. This person, again, gentleman with his words, unbearably does, selfish with his actions. Does he do new material or is it the same thing every week? <laughs> like, he can't do the same thing for years, or can he? Of course. People have been making gumbo in uh, 
New Orleans for 300 years. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, I don't know. There's I'm, a president I'm for looking this. At, I'm so, looking at Netflix shows, so they're new to me. All right, so I, I went on... Uh, I used to live in Los Angeles. I watched how the comedy store works. There was a guy called Tommy Morris, and he would, like, make the list. Like, there would be, like, in the main room, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15. 15. That's what the list would say. Uh, this person gets up from 10 to 10, 15. This person gets up from 10, 15, 10, 30. This person gets up. Well, here's what it would happen. Eddie Griffin would show up at 8, 15 and do three hours. And everyone in the fucking green room would go home. And then their bench would clear because Tommy Morris, instead of manning, like, and he would set the list and leave to go uh, massage on bunions out of Mitzi Shore's feet up in the hills Meanwhile, Eddie Griffin's doing three and a half hours or fucking another psychopath. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he plays a character. Um, uh, he was on Rodney Dangerfield. Why can't it? Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay would show up and do two and a half hours and clear the green room. So these these guys would just go, you know, I'm a stone. I play the garden. Okay, five years ago, stupid. Now you clear the bench so that you don't have any competition. So what I'm talking about, there's precedent for, I know I'm right, and I'll fight, I'll fight to the death uh, this issue. Because what you're doing is you're destroying enthusiasm in a beginner. That's called nepotism. When you bogart the stage with your tired act, what you're really doing is it's, it's an aggressive maneuver to clear enthusiasm in beginners so that nobody can take you off your fucking perch. That's exactly what that is. So kind with your word, like nice with your words, garbage with your actions, literally ruins chunks of the scene, ruins enthusiasm in beginners is the worst crime against comedy you can commit. And comedy is so important because it can, it can topple government's comedy it has this ability so um anyway so he retired for three weeks yes yeah, stay fucking retired because you know why because you're like there's also a basketball player i i would uh you know uh patrick ewing like he got suspended for a couple weeks for whatever and then the whole team got way better because finally this this guy wasn't slowing down the play of the offense he would slowly lumber and yeah he's a good player and he's super tall so he can catch the rebounds okay catch the rebounds but then you know what you do you pass the fucking ball and patrick ewing became a ball hog because he was got famous and he got to his head that the more i touch the ball the more fame i get but he slows the whole offense and defensive line of his team so he douches his whole team because he thinks he's famous now he thinks he's the best so i'm sorry i'm not i'm gonna fight these fights let me tell you something about nick cannon He's had 20 kids in the last fucking three years. He's written zero jokes. And I'm pissed because I'm a million times better than him. And I've gotten, for my comedy career over the years, hundreds of dollars. He's got hundreds of thousands of dollars. And all he has is kids. And he doesn't write jokes anymore. He's a piece of garbage. He put out a special. It gets like a 1.4 on Rotten Tomatoes. And he still has a career. That's why there's Illumin I know there's an Illuminati. Because Nick Cannon gets acting roles and he's talentless. <laughs> but isn't uh, Sam Tripoli like a manager in in California in some club now? 
No, um, he, he's a part manager of the Comedy Dojo in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Okay. He lives in Los Angeles. Yeah, he runs. You, you know, you know him, right? Like, yes, very well. Get uh-huh. some, some gigs with him. Not me. Um, I just I'm an intern for Klaus Schwab Jr. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, like I've I've met Sam Tripoli holding Klaus's bags, like his spacesuit and uh-huh. stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, but, but personally, what? if you're asking me, I love Sam Tripoli, and Sam Tripoli has a very open source mindset. He's he, I'll tell you, man. He's a different animal than a lot of the psychopaths that I've met in this industry. He's completely different. He's um, he he has an abundance mentality. He doesn't have a scarcity mentality. All this is mine. He has an abundance mentality. If there's more swarm, there's more swarm. It's good for us. It's good for our team. If there's more people on our side, so yeah, I, I got nothing bad to say about the. That. The Joe Rogan mentality, I guess. Absolutely, and and I, I uh, have, he let me go to you know I'm from Jersey, so I you know I stay with my dad's house when I go there, and he let me headline the comedy dojo, and uh, I brought up and what did I do when I go there? Do I go? I'm headlining. I, I'm pulling the ladder up. No, I call all my friends. I know I know all the good comics in New Jersey. I fucking racked the. It was me, and I racked the deck of all my friends that are the good comics in Jersey. And then when I got paid, I fucking split it with all of them. I get like equal portion of everybody else. That's that's what happened. Yeah, that's the way to do it. But you're in Texas now, right? So you can go to the Joe Rogan. He's building some new comedy store. Yes, yeah. I'm hearing about this. I'm hearing about this. And my friend Jody is supposed to run it. Um, my it's I've had like synchronicities in my life. Like I lived in Los Angeles, and at the time I on Craigslist, I just walked into this place up in the valley in Van Nuys, California. And who's one of the roommates? Uh, Jody Barton. And and then he, when I went to New Orleans for grad school, he was the general manager of the comic store. And he's being tapped to run Rogan's Club. So I'm not sure what the status of that is. I haven't, he says he's gonna move here from Houston. I'm not sure. I think he's still in a limbo position. I know that Adam Egit, who is the talent coordinator of the comic store, has been living in Austin since he left the comic store during the pandemic. And he's going to be the talent manager of the Rogan Club. So I don't know. This is still it's not done yet. So this is still talk, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm also teasing. I might move to Houston when my lease is up. I'm not sure. I'm in a limbo pattern. I don't know what I'm doing. But. uh, Well, you have time, I guess. Yeah. All the life life to do whatever you want just move around Make yeah things happen yeah i don't have kids i uh i dated a girl with a kid and uh that was a very intense experience um but i've never had my own kids so i do feel like yeah let me let me utilize my freedom you know yeah for sure that's that i would do that's the same um, it's too late for me now but i got <laughs> other things to worry about you got two baby mamas right yeah do they get along do they interact they say hello when they see each other nothing more i like it's they see each other like two three times a year so it's they i don't know what should they say (laughs) i mean it would be weird if it was me christmas and thanksgiving They they pretend to be friends and then keep the peace. 
Yeah, no, she, yeah, well, she basically, well, if she picks up, like the ex picks up my oldest son, she comes in the door and just says hello and like talks for like two minutes and leaves. They have never like actually spent time together. Does your ex have a new partner as well or? No, she don't. I talked to her last two weeks ago and she said she had some guy but he was speaking Finnish so they and she speaks Swedish like me so they couldn't really go along so that broke so I'm like I'm just waiting to see if she gets someone or no I don't know I hopefully she gets some that that's better for me I get more time with the my my child I guess if she gets a new boy because she wants more time with him so i don't know we'll see yeah um well it takes some pressure off you if you you know like when my mom got a boyfriend she fucking called me less and it was a big relief it's like all right yeah. <laughs> let, let, let your boyfriend listen to your bullshit mom thanks mom i love you mom <laughs> yeah. if you're watching um so let me just so from uh you know i trained muay thai at first that was my whole background and um, when you, this is just, an, uh, you know, we don't have to be talk so serious all the time. Um, we could talk about that with later. But um, when you're training kickboxing, right? And I find this too. Um, like if there's, so we have a dummy in the, in Ricky Lord's boxing gym. That's like five foot two. I don't know what that is in meters, but um, so five foot two to five foot five. Like, I know I can head kick. Like, I, pra I practice head kicks on this dummy all the time. So I have intrusive thoughts. Whenever someone walks by me, five foot two, that's the same height of this dummy. I'm always like, I could take this fucking person's head off. <laughs> that's me because I checked because I'm very short. I'm five, five four. Oh, okay. Well, so, keep, your, so yeah. keep your hands up if you're around me, I'm just saying. <laughs> but we also yeah. would do these, uh, these drills of, like, blocking leg kicks, blocking leg kicks. And I have like, I've developed like OCD ticks. Like when I fucking just walk around my, like when I'm like cooking eggs, I'm like blocking leg kicks up like constantly. Have you noticed this from kickboxing training? Uh, sometimes I, I play around, but mostly not because it looks, I have too much people around me. It looks crazy if I'm walking around doing like moves in the air with nobody around me. I got, yeah, caught, yeah. Yeah. I got caught it in the happens. grocery store. I was at the HEB fucking grocery store and I was like doing doing shit and people were just looking at me. I was like, eh, I'm retarded. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> the, the biggest problem I have with kickboxing is as I'm the short guy. So they're telling me to kick people in the head that are like, I guess, what what is a normal length in... Like USA's, six feet tall? you know, Six feet, yeah, something like that. So half a leg more than me and right. i would supposedly i should be managed to kicking them in the head so i have some bad legs now i've stretched too little and just rip it so that's no good but people so hold I'm, pads for you yeah we mostly train with just gloves on like just put the gloves if we are like kicking in the ribs or the head just put the gloves there and let the leg hit the gloves so well, if, if you got a tall guy, just aim for the liver. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah. 
and the balls. I, I, that's an issue when you're short, when we're when we're kicking the like the inside kicks, and I'm usually I'm I have kicked some people in the balls because I'm going higher than I usually do and like kicking them in the balls, and they're not too happy about that. So. That sounds like a good workout. Just fucking nut kicks, bro. Yeah, but I get I get it back. I trained with the the guy that he was in the Finnish like the Finnish league a few weeks ago, and he kicked me in the head like, and I, I it was super bad. And we was sparring just for fun, and I tried like I'm gonna try to hit him in the head, and he just backed away and because he's super good. And then he just stopped and then swung like like a 180 kick in my head. I was like, okay. Did you get fun. knocked out or did you get knocked out? No, I just staggered backwards and I like saw like like in the cartoons, like the sparkles. And I was oh. like <laughs> Man, at the boxing gym, like I, I'm really good at like going 20%. If I do do spar and I have headgear, I have a mouthpiece in. And I, I do spar. I'm a little older than the people that are like in competition. I'm 37, and the people that are going for golden gloves are like 22, right? So I'd say, like, I'm an old man, but I'll spar with you. Like, let's go 20%. And I we so I'm like very good, like I'm like fast and whatever. But then when people start blasting me 90% shots, I know because I watch people hit heavy bags. I know what's 20% of your power. I know it's 90% of your power. I've hopped out the fucking ring. I'll go, if, if you can't control yourself in sparring, because like I tell people all the time, we're your teammates. Look around. These are your teammates, okay? When you're in competition, I want you to get in the ring and I want you to try to kill the person, Okay. When when your teammates you try to get better with, it's totally different. So like we're moving around not in competition. Where this is, you know, it's sparring. It's not fighting. And I think some people don't have that blend. And I'll give them a chance. I'll, I'll go in and I'll work with anybody. But when I notice that they just have that that mongoloid thing or that southern thing of like like. <laughs> I can't lose. I can't look bad. I'm too insecure to look bad. So if I'm getting outwork with speed, I'm going to make it up with power. I hate this. So um, yeah, that's the that's what yeah. the trainer told me after I got kicked in the head. He was like, "You know that dude can fuck you up, and if you take it slow, he takes slow with you." So, but I was like, "I really want to try if I can see if I can hit him." And he he was like, he was going slow. I was like, "Can I do it?" So you were like, trying to blast him in the face a little bit, and then he had yeah, to just to see if boss. I can do it. And he was like, "Go fuck yourself!" And he kicked me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so the trainer came came after me. Do just do it slow. He he will be nice to you. I'm like, yeah, no, I just wanted to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learned a lesson. Hopefully, that's the only time you have to learn that lesson. Yeah, it's you, funny. you get it after once. You just need one time. Yeah, I, I love watching people's like egos kind of break down. I, there was this one girl, my favorite student we ever had was this girl called AJ. I haven't seen her in a while, but I was like training her from like zero. Like she wouldn't talk. She wouldn't like talk to nobody. She was very socially awkward. And through box, boxing, I totally watched her transform. And this guy comes in with all this bluster. He's like really out of shape. He's like 300 pounds. And he's like, oh, I'm fighting for charity. I have a fight. I go, you have a boxing fight? He's like, yeah, in like a month. I go for charity though. So you're a badass, but it's for charity. Okay, dude, let's get in the ring. 
So I, I go in the ring with him and I spar. He's like, oh, funny story. I've never sparred. I go, it's a long story. I've never sparred, but I, I'm going to fight. I go, it's a fucking short story. Get in the fucking ring. So then I'm moving around with him. I'm sparring with him. And he's so slow. And it's I at, right at this time, right as we get in the ring to spar, I, I see AJ walk in. This like little tiny girl. I go, AJ, get wrap up now. Get in the ring now. I've never talked to her like that before. She goes in the ring. Like I do one round, three minutes with this guy. And he's like huffing and puffing. I send AJ, I go, I just whisper to her, don't kill him. We don't have any body bags in the back. And she beat the living shit out of this fucking guy. And I was so happy because he's a 300 pound man. He's got all this bluster. He's pretending he's got a fight, like he's in fight camp, but he's never done it. But he's a badass, but it's for charity. Shut the fuck up with all that bullshit. And then I just, I sent this like 140 pound girl in the ring and she just pieced him up. He could do nothing because he would do these straight punches. She would go off the line, blast him, off the line, blast him, both sides. He could do nothing. And then she was like punching his arms. He was tired in his arms. He was like this. I was like, I like had tears in my eyes. That was because like she was the type of person that was so socially awkward, so afraid of everybody. And then I go, look at what you just did. You could have taken his money. You could have stolen his car. Like you could have done anything you want to him. You could, you know. You, you could yeah. beat him up, put him on the ground. You could take his wallet. You could give him a wet willy, whatever. Look, that's a grown man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, also, yeah, uh, and about the reality check, I also, when I when I leave the dojo, I always tell my trainer, like, thank you for the reality check because I get one at least once every time because they have girls there too that are also small and they hit you in the head and you're like, okay. Like, <laughs> don't think you are some big guy because you are a boy. Like the girls that I'm training with, they they actually would beat my ass. I'm like, that's oh, yeah. a, that's a that's a reality check. That's nice to have. Like, and the 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 funniest thing is one of the girls is my friend's wife, and uh, she's good. So <laughs> I'm getting my ass beaten by my friend's wife. So that's. <laughs> it makes it different when you go over to your friend's house. It's like you, you yeah, know, you it's, uh, have a little less bluster, you know. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's good for me. I have had a big ego in you know all my life, so it's good. Good. They get down a notch. I think it's also good. It's it'll help you keep your vices, keep those cigarettes, keep the booze away, you know. Because then, like, your body doesn't feel good if you've got cigarettes and booze, and you realize, like, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, my cardio shot. Oh, my body, you know. But after, if you do clean living, you can really, like, improve yourself. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that me and some of the boys from boxing don't get beers sometimes. We definitely do. But we train hard. We, we play hard. Anyway, um, uh, what, a, what a lovely chat. I always love talking to you. Uh, what did you got any plugs? How can people find Ronnie Snellman? You can head over to Enlighten Me with Ronnie. That's my podcast. I've been a bit lazy because I'm black billed as fuck and I'm doing following the Sam Tripoli. Don't put up episodes if you're black billed and don't believe in the future. So <laughs> I'm in like in between. I don't know what to do, but you have 30 something episodes that you can go back and listen to if you want from most of the topics that people in our kind are talking about. So. Yeah. Great. Um, so you could go to ericcolorbuck.com, click the calendar. It's mostly podcasts now. I got a couple of little stand-up dates. And um, 
I don't like this guy. I don't support anything he says, but Instagram at Klaus Schwab Jr. Again, he's a very toxic person, but there's he's going to be reporting from Davos. So if you want direct information from Davos on the ground, um, you can get it from him. Um, anyway, this has been Highway Diary episode 368, I believe, with Ronnie Snellman. Bye, everybody. <laughs>